Okay, it's a new week. School is winding down and summer is on its way. Today, by the way, is Monday, May 11th, and I hope you had a happy Mother's Day. Hi and hello. You found the podcast for moms who don't have time for podcasts. You can think of me as your internet bestie as we share recommendations, laugh about the ridiculous things we see online, and cheer each other on. I'm Indiana Adams, and today, by the way, is the short and sweet podcast that hopefully brightens your day. I am so glad you're here. We talk about this all the time, how motherhood is hard but wonderful, exhausting but exhilarating, and mundane but crazy. But what we haven't talked about is how bizarre and marvelous the body can be while pregnant, birthing, and nursing. In our Instagram Live on Friday, which was a virtual truth or dare and maybe my favorite Instagram Live to date, somehow it came up that while I was pregnant with Caroline, I craved spicy food but lost my ability to taste anything spicy. And then in the chat, people started sharing weird things that happened to them while they were pregnant. So in honor of Mother's Day, and to get this on the record before my mom brain deletes it all, I thought I'd share some wacky, unexpected things that happened to me while pregnant, while in labor, and while nursing. Some background if you are a new friend here. I have three kids, Jude is nine, Caroline is seven, and Lucy is six. I didn't have siblings growing up, I didn't babysit, and I was one of the first people in my friend group to get pregnant. And when Jude was born... That was only the fourth baby I had ever held in my entire life. And Chris is here. Hi. And I thought he could offer some color commentary to this section of the show. He has no idea what I'm about to say, so what you hear him say is completely off the cuff. Okay, without further ado, here are the top three odd things to happen to me, not including my birth stories, and let's go. Number one, an odd thing that happened to me while pregnant. When I was pregnant with Jude and pregnant for the very first time, one day I pulled a chipped teacup down from our cabinet and had an insatiable desire to lick the chipped part. I licked it, and then I had an intense desire to take a bite out of the ceramic cup. I honestly felt insane. It's called pica, when a person craves or eats non-food items, and it's fairly common during pregnancy. Ice is a big craving for pregnant women with pica, but so is soil and dirt. At my next appointment with my midwife, Julia, I mentioned my desire to eat a teacup, and she assured me that I was not crazy. She ran my blood and had me keep a diet log, and it turns out that my vegetarian diet was not giving me enough iron and protein, so she asked that I supplement and try to get 90 grams of protein per day. So I started my cheeseburger a day regimen, and we stopped being vegetarians, and I never had a desire to eat literal dishes again. I do remember getting a text message or an IM while I was at work about you wanting to eat a dish, and I too thought you were going crazy. But thankfully, a little bit of Googling helped to correct that, followed by your midwife appointment. But yes, that was, that was an odd moment. Okay, number two. An odd thing that happened to me during labor is that I experienced what's called precipitous labor all three times. Precipitous labor, also called rapid labor, is defined as giving birth after less than three hours of regular contractions. On average, active labor to delivery of the placenta is approximately 6 to 18 hours. My water broke around 4 a.m. and I started the clock waiting for regular contractions. 
I remember saying to Chris, we're going to have a baby today. And ever the pragmatist, he said, maybe today. We could be in for a long day. I was in active labor with Jude for 90 minutes. We called the midwife at 6 a.m. when the contractions got regular and unbearable, and he was in my arms by 7.30 a.m. I did not expect lightning to strike twice, but two years later, almost to the day, Caroline was born in two contractions. My total labor, early labor to baby out, was 20 minutes. We didn't have time to call the midwife. I called Chris, who had just gotten to the gym, and told him that I might be leaking amniotic fluid, and I may have felt a flutter that could have been a teeny contraction. He decided to not work out and to come home right away, and he walked through our bathroom door. I stood up to greet him, and out came the baby. Well, with Jude, I did indeed think it was going to be a long day. The whole time we'd gone through our birthing classes, I was totally prepared to be the supportive husband, and to be ready to, to go through this through thick and thin. And so I went down. We were planning to perhaps have a, uh, a water birth. So I went down and turned up the water heater, and we didn't call the midwives initially because they said, wait until 6 o'clock, because usually if somebody calls in the overnight hours, especially for a first birth, it's something that is probably going to be able to wait. And there's no need to, to unnecessarily wake them up. So when we called, they hustled over and almost barged in the door past me when I opened the door. And I said, I got the water heater going. I don't know if we went, need to draw a bath. And they just immediately said, there's no time for that. That baby's coming now. And I thought they were crazy because we'd only been in this for a few hours. With Caroline, you were actually after your due date. So since your due date had come and gone and nothing happened, and then it was the next day. I planned to go to work, and we would just play it by ear and see how things went. So thankfully, I was only at the gym just down the road and not all the way at the office halfway across town. But yes, I remember rushing in and you saying, she's coming. And there she was. Yep. And then with Lucy, I, th I think we now have to say how she was born. With Lucy, because of Caroline's 20-minute labor from start to finish, uh, my midwife was just concerned that I would have her at the grocery store or at South by Southwest. <laughs> and to be clear, you did say from the very beginning of your first pregnancy, you did not want to be the woman having a baby in the middle of Walmart or the grocery store. I was just really nervous my baby would get stuck in my pant leg or something. <laughs> like, like the baby would just come out and be in my pant leg. That sounds completely unreasonable now that I'm saying it, but it was a very real, real fear of mine. <laughs> Everybody deserves to have their feelings validated. Anyway, with Lucy, my midwife was concerned that I would be the woman that just was walking along and had a baby, baby stuck in her pant leg at the bank. And so they decided to do some natural things to help the baby come out. So basically I just got hooked up to a breast pump and... My midwife was present when labor started, unlike with Caroline. So that labor was about three hours from her walking in the door to the baby being outside of my body. <sighs> okay, number three. An odd thing that happened to me shortly after giving birth. <laughs> is, well, you'll see. <laughs> I was nursing and I had developed a really bad cystic acne pimple in my right armpit. I thought it was because every time I nursed, 
I would inexplicably start sweating in my right armpit. So my right pit was just always sweaty, making bacteria and causing this large pimple to form. I kept messing with it, trying to get it to pop, but it just would not go away. In fact, I think it was growing. And finally, it became so uncomfortable that I decided to get rid of it once and for all. I took a hot, hot shower, soaked my armpit and softened up the skin and was determined to pop that pimple myself. Side note here. I'm a proud papaholic and a big fan of Dr. Sandra Lee, a.k.a. Dr. Pimple Popper. So I was satisfied that the pimple and my hands were clean enough. So I squeezed the pimple with all of my might and out came milk. I did a double take. I squeezed the pimple again and sure enough, it was definitely milk, not pimple pus. I had not been sweating from my armpit while nursing. I had been leaking. I had a lactating armpit. My midwife, Julia, was due to come by the next day, so I slipped a nursing pad under, under there and just waited it out. And sure enough, when Julia came by and checked on me and Lucy, she asked, is there anything you'd like to discuss? I raised my arm and said, yes, I have a lactating armpit. Julia turned on my nightstand lamp, leaned in close, and squeezed the not pimple, and out came milk. Yes, why yes, ectopic milk gland. You know how dogs have a line of nipples on their underside? Well, humans have a mammary line that runs groin to armpit, and occasionally an extranumerary nipple will form on this line, or a milk gland can go wayward and end up somewhere else on this line. Be glad you're not lactating from the other end of this line near your vulva. I was stunned at the thought of that, and I'm also now sorry if you have to explain what a vulva is to a child who overheard this, but I gathered myself and asked, how do I get it to stop leaking? And she told me, stop messing with it. Do not stimulate it at all. When you nurse, try to elevate your elbow so your armpit is not being compressed upon itself, thinking it's being suckled. You guys, <laughs> this happened to me. And thankfully, a couple weeks later, my armpit realized it was not a boob and it stopped doing that thing. Chris, do you have any commentary for this? No, I do remember this happening, but I have... Nothing to add. <laughs> Chris Adams, ladies, and there's no gentlemen that listen to the show, but ladies and ladies. <laughs> I have a feeling that this will be some of my favorite commentary this week, but please, please share the oddest thing that happened to you while pregnant or in labor or while nursing. A mother's body is a strange and magnificent thing, but hormones sure do make it weird sometimes. Let's discuss. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the largest online counseling platform worldwide, and it's a service that I started using myself back in February. I never have to wait in an awkward waiting room, and I'm able to schedule weekly video or phone sessions at a time that works for me, and I can message my counselor anytime. It was easy to start. After filling out a questionnaire to help match you with the kind of counselor you want and need, communication starts within 24 hours. And if you aren't happy with your counselor, you can switch free of charge at any time. I switched once at the very beginning, and it was easy. They have counselors who specialize in stress, anxiety, sleeping, depression, relationships, self-esteem, and more. For me, BetterHelp has proven to be convenient, effective, and affordable, especially with financial aid available for those who qualify. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a Today By The Way friend, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash Indiana. 
Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Indiana. And now, back to the show. I know it's ludicrous to think about next fall's school uniforms when it's not even the summer and we really have no idea what the fall looks like, but I'd love to point you to Lanzen. Lanzen makes our favorite uniform pieces, as well as the required plaid jumper that my girls are required to have. And last year, I didn't see anything above a 30% discount in late June, July, or August. So if you think you'd like to buy high-quality uniform pieces now at 40% off, the promo code CROCUS, C-R-O-C-U-S, works on everything until May 31st. Lanzen is also my favorite place to get my family's rash guards and swim cover-ups for summer. And if you ask me, they have the handsomest men's swim trunks on the market. I like to get Chris the six-inch ones because I really don't love the look of a swim trunk that hits the top of the knees. It seems so long to me. But they have swim trunks that have a six, eight, or nine-inch inseam, and they come in big and tall sizes. They dry fast, they don't have a lot of ridiculous pockets, and they seem to last a really long time. Have I mentioned that I am really terrible at home decor? We literally have no art hanging in our house, and we have lived here for five years. Every room is finally furnished and painted the color I'd like, but when it comes to putting together a whole look for a room, I just don't know what to do. I know what I don't like, and for me, that's two things. One, farmhouse decor, but mainly because our house is this traditional brick home and there's nothing farmhouse or modern about it. It's a 1980s home with small blocked off rooms. It has nice crown molding and judges paneling. Not a bit of shiplap in sight. But also secondly, I don't like bohemian style decor either. Like hanging plants everywhere and tapestries on the wall or macrame. But I have to wonder if my aversion to these two styles is mostly because that's what's readily available. There is something you should know about me. I have a really terrible character flaw in that once something becomes popular, I immediately bristle against it. So that means if it's trendy and at Target, I automatically think, good for you, not for me. And thus, my walls remain blank. I am a Target kind of budget girl with an expensive, one-of-a-kind antique lady taste, and it is a problem. This is one of the reasons why I love estate sales and flea markets. My favorite piece of furniture in my house are these three vintage wooden connected theater seats that I got for $75 at a flea market in Austin. My favorite art thing is a pair of five foot long mounted longhorns that I bought off a teenager on the side of the road. I was picking up a rug from someone off Craigslist and a couple houses down, a kid was having a yard sale selling Xbox games and sports stuff and then this magnificent pair of horns. It was the horns that made me pull over. He said a teacher had given them to him because he had said he liked them, but he wrecked his parents' car and he needed to pay for the repairs, so he was selling all that stuff. I asked, will you regret selling these? And he said, no, they were free to me and I liked them, but really only as a joke. If you give me $75 for them, I'll be real happy. I paid the kid $80, only because I only had 20s, and they are my favorite thing in my front living room. They're on top of our piano, and I swear that someone is probably going to poke an eye out on them one day, 
but I love them so much, and one day I will hang them on the wall. They remind me of Austin, and they're quirky, and they tell a story. If I had an unlimited budget, I would fill my house with quirky things that tell a story. When we first moved here, I got a bunch of decor books from the library, and the best piece of advice I gleaned was from a Nate Burkus book. He said, take your time when it comes to collecting things for your house. So I am really, 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 really taking my time. All this to say, I would love to know where you go for your decor ideas. Are there any designers you particularly like? I am not the kind of woman who has ever styled a shelf or curated a coffee table or, heck, even made a tablescape for a holiday meal. How could I ever be expected to choose things to hang on a wall or figure out textiles to artfully lay over the back of chairs? I need some real help here. If this is your thing, let's talk. Point me in the right direction, would you? Okay, friend, that is it for today. Don't forget we have Zoom Book Club tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where we are discussing Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Are you completely fine after reading that book? I was not. The join link is tbtw.in slash book. You can join in even if you didn't read the book. We would love to see your friendly face. Our show notes live at todaybythewaycom slash episodes. And if you've signed up for our weekly email, but for some reason you are not getting it, would you let me know? If you signed up right when Today By The Way launched, out of an abundance of caution, and after I was informed that my email list may not have been in compliance, I had to wipe all the email lists of names that weren't also a part of the official Today By The Way launch team just to make sure that those who were on the list signed up specifically to be on the Today By The Way email list and not a part of any past projects that I was a part of. I just saw on Facebook that several of you are wondering why you're not getting the emails, and I apologize. If that's you, shoot me an email to indiana at todaybytheway.com or DM me on Instagram at indianaadams, and I will personally make sure you get the next one. The weekly emails are one of my favorite things I get to do outside this podcast for our community, so I'd love for you to be a part of that too. You can sign up at todaybytheway.com slash subscribe. Get ready. I'd like to invite you to contribute to our next community episode of Today, by the way. If you enjoyed the odd body stories I told at the top of the show, I'd love to work on an episode starring you, dedicated to things that no one told you about being pregnant or having a baby. To contribute, get somewhere quiet and simply record a voice memo starting with your first name, where you're from, and then tell your story. You can leave the message on Boxer to Indiana Adams, or you can email it to me at indianaadams at todaybytheway.com, or you can record it on your computer via speakpipe.com slash today. The links to those are all in the show notes. I love making this show with you and being in community with you. I know you have a lot on your plate, so thank you for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me, and thank you for your upcoming decor advice. I bet your house is real cute. Today is a new day, and friend, I am cheering you on.